You're listening to The Self-Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Allison Klein. I am situated on the ancestral, unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh peoples, which I get to play, work, and live Eoch Tanuyap, Kwiget Yuans, Kwiens Na. Hi, everybody. My name is Kwiget Yuans. I'm a member of the Squamish Nation and the Yogalanis Clan of the Haida Nation. You're listening to Co op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. We live, work, play, and broadcast from the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil Nations. This episode is all about theater because there is a theater performance that just happened this past weekend and there was a a cabaret that also just happened this past weekend in-person events there are in-person events finally but before I get to talk to people about these amazing in-person events and theater performances let's go to the theme song Possibilities by Key Sarah. The song you just heard is Possibilities by Key Sarah. Key Sarah is a mother-daughter duo, and the daughter who is singing is on the autism spectrum. You're listening to The Self-Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Allison Klein. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram 
at Alice and Mira. So this is all about theater and theater performances, in-person theater and in-person performances, which just happened this past weekend. Amazing events. I hope you saw me there at these events. They were so good. So my first guests today are Connor, Brandon, and Chris, who are actors and co-creators of the performance Built Different, which is was performed at the Colch Theatre with the Revolver Theatre Festival. And Built Different talks about people who are on the spectrum, who are, all, who are autistic, and the effects of one, a behavioral interventionist and consultant who died and the ramifications of that. Written, performed, and directed all by autistic people. Thank you so much, all three of you, for being on my show. Chris, Brandon, and Connor. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank Thank you. you. First off, why is Built Different so important? What was the inspiration for making this theater performance? I'll take that one. Um, This is Connor. I think being on the spectrum, I've always kind of wanted to write stories of someone on the spectrum or multiple characters. In the past attempts, I usually kind of just tend to make them like self inserts of me, which is something I've been kind of trying to break the habit of doing. So I wanted to have an opportunity to share something with like multiple autistic characters and multiple viewpoints and to be able to, because the world of behavior consultants and stuff is pretty like unknown, I guess, to the like relative public, those who don't who like might not know as much about autism and stuff. So I kind of wanted to like shine a light into that world a bit and like kind of be able to show people like some of the stuff we go through without needing to like spoon feed them or talk down to them or anything. That is very, very important because I've also seen that where not everyone knows what is going on and you only see the positive sides. You don't really see the whole picture. The general public doesn't always understand what's going on. So having a theater performance really highlights that as well. I, I get that, that's really a good idea. And having multiple autistic characters, even better. Yeah, um, I wrote the play with like all the characters being autistic and I tried to cast accordingly too, but then it turned out every member of our team that we ended up working with had some kind of neurodiversity and that was just a complete accident, but but it happened and it still, I think, lends a lot of credibility to the project because everyone here is looking out for its best interests and knows that like what it's trying to set out to do. When I hear Connor, I'm, I did a silent fist pump, like, yes, <laughs> yes. So everybody working on this performance is neurodiverse yep and so you get a more complete picture so everybody kind of understands that experience that lived experience and so they understand that feeling and understands wants to have this performance even more instead of just a, a cookie cutter kind of idea how has it been being performing in this play Brandon and Chris if you're talking on the show we were the festival we were putting the show show on before like uh last year at the the Nanaimo Fringe Festival it was a good experience uh for all of us like uh me and Brandon are both the stage managers of the show so we didn't go on stage but we were able to work with a lot of stuff from behind and you know, all the actors were, were like prepared from day one when we had our rehearsals scheduled for this upcoming festival. Um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, me and Brandon have been on the backstage uh, since the very beginning. We both are the stage managers and uh, 
also helping out with some stuff like sound and lighting. Uh, all the actors were already prepared from like day one of our rehearsals leading up to this festival. And yeah, it's been a great experience so far. I'm very happy to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And I like, I didn't know that you guys also performed this at the Nanaimo Fringe Festival. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how we kind of got our foot off the ground for this festival in particular because dave moss the head of revolver moss, moss. Uh, dave moss sorry uh he came over uh to the now fringe festival uh saw our show and got me and connor in particular at like a nice little gathering with all the other fringe artists and he said uh apply the revolver and we'll see what we can do with you he just loved our show and we're just we're blessed to know that he mm -hmm. saw that. So a little cool tidbit. I volunteered at the Vancouver Fringe Festival. Oh, okay. And the company that you guys are working with in Vancouver. New World Theater. And Race. You guys know Race? Uh, uh, we haven't met him yet, but I am familiar with him. Race was my supervisor at the Vancouver Fringe Festival. Oh, okay. He's he's actually will have initiated our talk back. Oh, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and it what presumably went great. So what have been some of the more difficult parts of putting on this performance? Uh, I would uh, what were some of the more difficult aspects of this production you said? Yes. Um, in regards to like main difficulties, it's literally just us traveling from Vancouver Island to Vancouver. That was really the only main difficulty I can think of on the top of my head. Uh, because the production has been pretty smooth overall uh, with all the actors like prepared from day one. Um, me and Brandon getting like all of the uh, the sets and the props and the lights like all good to go and sets. Um, there hasn't really been much difficulty. Or Connor, you want to add something? Yeah, I think for me, probably the biggest difficulty in putting this on is not necessarily any of the production aspects like working on the show itself but all the insane layers of communication that kind of have to go around it whenever you're putting on like a big festival show because there needs to be like promotion and communication almost 24 7 to make these things work and to like bring people to the shows and to like make sure everyone's on the same page and stuff when you're coordinating all these different people from all these different um, jobs and places and stuff that they have to do for these kinds of shows. And like, for me, I'm a very um, not organized person by nature. I have a hard time like getting things together. I can be a bit scatterbrained. I'm happy to have Chris here because he usually knows what to do with all the details and stuff is way more organized. As a stage manager should be. <laughs> yes. He, everyone needs a stage manager. That is so important. And the travel time. Oh my goodness. That is a huge commitment to come over from Vancouver Island over to the mainland and promotions. I've also been contacted by Amy Amanti, who is the accessibility coordinator of the Revolver Theater Festival. And she asked me, can you promote? So I've tried as well. <laughs> That's a lot of work. Here I am running around conferences and my job sites telling people about this theater performance about built different you think what did i just do again <laughs> yeah your brain's all scattered and what do you hope people take back to their families and their communities 
about this theater performance? I guess um, for me, whenever there's been like a big piece about autism, it's always come from like such a neurotypical standpoint and sometimes ends up falling into the category of a inspiration porn, which even if well-intentioned can leave people with the wrong message. So I think the message I want to get across with this is maybe, I don't know, listen to your autistic friends more. Prioritize listening to people who have actually been through lived experiences of stuff without thinking you just like know everything or confront your biases. That is a huge issue to confront your biases and wanting to learn more, to listen to other people and their lived experience. What's <laughs> next on the docket for what's when's your next performance after the Revolver Theater Festival? Where are you going to perform next? Um, we've been talking about possibly in Prince George, but honestly, what we're going to do with Built Different after Revolver is still pretty TBA or up in the air, no pun intended. Um, so I think after we're done here, I'm just going to how like what kind of the reception the show would be getting now and then just do with it accordingly. That is really important is just trying to decompress after and then figure it out from there. Yeah, like I'm excited about the piece, but I also kind of want to gauge how people respond to it on a bit of a bigger scale before I make any more plans with it. Two more questions and they're, they are my favorite <laughs> questions. There are a bit of toughies. One of them is, what's one piece of advice you would give to another autistic person who wants to write a play? Um, just do it. Um, just, I don't know. I think what I'd say is everyone has their own different specific lived experience. So if you find a way to channel that, whatever you're writing, regardless of your neurotype, people will respond to it. Yeah, I'd, I'd honestly just say, uh, go for it. There's endless possibilities that you could, you could do. Uh, not everything is the same. Uh, everyone is different. Just kind of just kind of go for it, really. And not everything has to be groundbreaking either. No. It doesn't have to be huge. Just add yourself to the canon. If there's one thing I could honestly take, hopefully give the word out to people who want to write, is that take some of your favorite inspirations and apply it to probably something that you love or something that you always wanted to write. Because at the end of the day, the message of the show is really just about being yourself, no matter what. Um, if you want to write, write. No one's stopping you. And you have all the support in the world. Even if it doesn't seem like it, you actually do. There's a thing called the Internet that will happily give you support or family, friends, wherever. Just do it. Like, be you. To just do it and just go for it and find that support through your family your friends the internet community one last question before the listener can find your contact info and how to find what's up next with built different what's one thing you hope in the future for autistic people and how others understand autism just like <clears throat> understandingness acceptance and willing to listen i feel like i don't know whenever i've been like public 
about having autism or I've admitted it to someone. I don't know. I feel like I've always expected it to be kind of like, a, oh, you'll understand now they'll tell you card. But a lot of people still don't really seem to have even kind of a basic knowledge on it at times, or at least when I was growing up. And I think just listen to your local autistic about their lived experiences and yeah well you know i think like at the end of the day uh the show is really impactful for what it is like it really is a show that really does tell you you know this is what life is like you know this is what at the end of the day this is what people want to be you know autism is like a very gray area for a lot of people uh it's tough to even talk about it because in case if you don't even know what to say um hopefully this show at least touches a lot of people from that community and is able to at least uh encourage them no matter what, that they are who they are and they are loved no matter what. That is so important to listen to the the autistic community and the local autistic community to know that these people are loved, to understand, listen, learn, and accept the autistic community in mainstream society. That is so important. How can the listener find Built Different and follow you guys? Well, we all have our, we don't really have like a, uh, a main page for the show in particular. We usually promote it on our own personal social media pages. Uh, like for myself, you can find information about Built Different like on my Instagram, which is CJ Carter underscore 007. I posted a couple of stories and a couple of photos promoting the show. Uh, you could probably find updates through there, or you could find it through all of our, mostly all of our personal social medias. Mm -hmm. Mine is um, Connor Run on Instagram, two R's. Um, How about for you, Brandon? How can the listener find you? Uh, as well as Instagram, it's... Um... It's BR, or, eh, sorry, it's brandies.ashfault. So A S P H A L T O one. That is awesome. I will try to find all three of you on Instagram, and everybody else should find these guys on Instagram as well. Follow them and see where Built Different will be playing next. Don't go anywhere because there will be more about theater. Coming up next on The Self-Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Allison Klein. Did you know that Vancouver Co-op Radio CFRO 100.5 FM has over 90 different shows produced by over 350 community members? This wide range of programming produced by our diverse group of programmers ensures that we have a show you'll love. We have shows on feminism, spirituality, disability rights, politics, unions, and parenting. We play jazz, indie rock, reggae, blues, and folk. We broadcast in a dozen different languages and have more First Nations programs than any other radio station in Vancouver. Find your show on Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. All different, all the time. You're listening to The Self-Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Allison Klein. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Mira. So this episode is all about theater. 
because there are two theater performances and another theater group that is close by to the station, all focused on theater. So we just heard an interview with the stage managers and the writer of Built Different, which was just performed at the Revolver Theater Festival at the Colch, which focused on autism and the understanding autism better as adults with the death of a behavioral consultant. Up next, I'm going to be talking with Willow, who is a performer and an actor, and Susanna, who is the artistic director of Theater Terrific, which is close by. They perform and rehearse in the Woodward's building on Hastings Street, really close to us. Thank you so much, both of you, for being on my show. First off, what was the inspiration for making theater terrific and performances and bringing in people with disabilities? Susanna. Um, I, I guess I'll speak to that. Uh, theater terrific has actually been around since 1985, if you can imagine. And it was originally started by a group of parents who had, uh, you know, young adults who had no cultural outlet in performance. So it started, uh, they first started at the, down at Jericho in the community center there and had a little space and, and started creating performances, you know, learning some skills. And then it grew from there. So uh, it's been around a long time. <laughs> And has grown, but it's, uh, I guess I just want to acknowledge that it really was really initially parents that wanted their, their grown children to have a voice in the arts and they were the instigators. Something I didn't realize, it's been around two years before I was even born, but to have that cultural outlet, especially in the 80s when there was really nothing around and that I'm going to have my academic hat on really a time of or the starting of deinstitutionalization or getting out of the institutions and into community that is really important for everybody it sounds like it was the catalyst to making this and understanding disability what has it been like to be an actor in theater terrific willow it has been it has been amazing being an actor in theater terrific. It has been amazing being able to be part of something that wants people to grow, that wants the people to share their different experiences, to share what kind of lives they've lived and to be a part of that. It's amazing seeing other people with disabilities be able to flourish, being able to conquer everything being able to find them their full selves and being able to like put that on stage and create such beautiful shows and it's beautiful seeing it's beautiful seeing people you know people the teachers being able to accommodate people's disabilities and kind of work with them and also work to their abilities too and find their different abilities and what they're amazing at and work with that and grab them out and see, you know, what they're good at and, you know, take all of that and just put it into your work of art so that by the end of, by the end of the show, it is a masterpiece. It is a masterpiece and it is a work that is filled with thought, like, I will say with Susanna, she is an amazing artistic director. She's an amazing person that has chosen to uplift others that have disabilities and that has chosen to show what people with disabilities can do. And I feel like not a lot of adults do that. Or they or not a lot of people that are there are a, there are big people that do there are sorry. It's not like able-bodied people don't do that but I feel like not enough do that and with the disability world I feel like it's 
hard for people that, that have disabilities to be in the to be in the theater world, to be in the theater community. And I feel like the great thing about theater traffic is that they allow you to be part of the theater community, to be part of it, to immerse yourself in it, especially since they have so many people or they have a lot of people that do theater for a living. You know, there's Angela, who is a beautiful composer, who is, he's the musician of the team. He's the one that creates live music for us, you know, that creates actual live music that is specialized for us. And I kind of find that amazing. And there's, you know, it's been amazing being able to be part of the Airtrippage. To be able to be part of it and uplift others and actually see that is really important. And to have that connection between able-bodied and neurotypical and those who are neurodiverse and disabled together, that is a huge factor for understanding what disabilities are. Yeah. For both of you, and you touched this, Willow, what have been some of the more difficult parts of performing in theater terrific? I'll start with you, Willow, and then I'll go to Susanna. Oh, it can be stressful sometimes. Sometimes, like when you're doing doing it three days a week, there's stress on you. So you gotta try and just work the stress. It's kind of like the best kind of stress, but also it's stress nonetheless. And it's eventually sometimes you grind your teeth, sometimes you get exhausted especially during the tail end of the theater and when things are like, when theater is actually coming along and their shows and you have this, you know, you have a tightening in your chest because you have to, because you want to do the show right and you're terrified. Okay, what if I mess up? 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 You know, like, it's like you go through this entire process and it's like, okay, can't mess up can mess up and it's just a stress a good stress it's a beautiful stress but it's a stress nonetheless and there is anxiety and it is three days a week and it's just and soon you're just like okay I gotta do this I gotta do this I gotta do this and it's just sometimes it's it is it can be a little it can be stressful sometimes I'll hand it over to Susanna thank you for sharing your honesty Willow I really appreciate that um, I guess um, I, what, I'll, what I'll say to that is the difficulties is, first of all, some people that come in new to us and have never done, let's say, collaborative creation in performance. And it's like, oh, do I have to learn lines? Do I? And they worry about these things. So the very first thing when we come in is um, we, we really seek to create a supportive, sacred respectful space that's first because theater making theater is all about relationship and so the relationships need to be respectful and honored one for each self and for those that you're working with and then of course making art is um it's rigorous it's hard work and making art also requires risk taking but if you have established you know a good safe sacred respectful space where everyone is is deemed equal in whatever they have to give, whatever they have to give. And I always say, you know, I, I tell people, you know, like lovely Willow, if I can speak to that, like she comes in and she, you know, she's nervous. She does live with some disabilities. And I say, yeah, but you know, you have a lived perspective and a book in your library. I've, no, I've never read it. I've never lived that perspective. That is your creative gift. That is what we ask for you to share with us so that we can use that as part of the creation. So people that do come in, all kinds of people with whatever, you know, their differences are, cultural abilities, uh, gender, language, um, those are gifts. If you're willing to be in this space, respect all that may be different than you, 
to listen and work with and collaborate with. I always call it the three R's and that the first thing that is required for us to work for, you know, our wonderfully diverse group to work together is respect. That just has to be established because there are a lot of differences and variances in the room and we need to be open and welcoming and respectful of that. And then, like I said, you know, uh, creating art is rigorous. It's work. <laughs> it's hard and it's tiring. But then the gifts that you bring, like that, like for example, that Willow brings. And as I had said, um, you know, Willow has a lived perspective and has a, a road travel and a books in her library of life that everyone else in the room does not have or may not have the same. And those are the gifts that she brings. And so we, we want to have them, we want those shared with us because they give us insights and different perspectives, shines a whole new light on places where perhaps light has never been shone. And then of course it's risky, right? So the, the space that we create, I, and I, I always call it sacred because it is, um, because you're taking risks, um, I think, creating live performance and especially theater. It's not about putting things on, it's about taking them off. People in theater are, I always think of us like Willow and those that we work with, we're truth tellers and that's risky, you know? So how do we impart the truths about life and all that's involved in it in, in a safe way, but also with a lot of courage and support? <laughs> right? Because we're talking about truthful things. And that's, I think that's the job of, of anyone who creates art. It's, you know, comes from a place of deep truth. So, yeah. And it's, and just again, one last thing, I'll just say, it is so valuable. Having a diversity of voices in a collaborative, creative, sacred space is, it's, you, you can't put a value on that. It's uh it's immensely um, just hugely valuable. I like that idea of the three R's that you we have respect, rigor, and uh, and risk. Respect, respect, rigor, and rigor risk. And risk. Because it is risky. It is a lot of work and rigor. But to respect that craft, you get something very sacred as well. Mm. Is really important for all of us. Two more questions. They will be the toughest, but are my favorite ones. First one is for anybody with a disability who wants to become an actor, what's one piece of advice both of you would give to that person? I'll start with you, Willow. Um, I would say open up your mind and be truthful. Live authentically. I remember when I was first coming in theater, Triffitt. I wasn't sure about theater, Triffitt. It, it was advertised as movement-based theater program. It's like movement-based. I have CP. I, it's hard for me to move properly. So I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be part of this. But I kept an open mind. And then were those sessions, one of the... I was able to focus more than I've able be, been able to focus more in my life. Like I was able to focus and actually be present in place that was really hard for me to do previously. Um, so keep an open mind and be authentic. And um, don't let your disabilities hold you back, you know? Wonder what you could do with those disabilities. What are you what are you to do with the different shared experiences or with the different experiences you've had due to having a disability? Because, you know, as Susanna said, it's about taking off. It's about, you know, sharing your truth. At, at least, you know, been being part of the Theater for the last seven years. That's what I've kind of gathered from working with Theater and working with as an ensemble and stuff. Susanna? Okay. And the question was, if someone comes in and they've never done any acting or been in the theater before, let's say, I don't like calling it acting because that's like sort of pretend. <laughs> I don't think that's a good word, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, so when you come into this, let's say you come into the space and you've never done this, maybe you don't know anyone, or someone said, give this a try. 
I'm going to say, and this just sounds probably kind of trite and that, but take a breath, ground yourself, just take a breath. And like Willow said, just be open. You're going to see things and hear things that you're not familiar with. When you are working in the arts, and I think especially in performance, and I'm going to say especially in theater, because we're learning new truths all the time, be a forever student. I think of myself as a forever student. Um, I do have, you know, I'll honor myself and say, oh, yes, I do have, you know, a lot of decades of experience, but I am a forever student. Someone new walks in with a new perspective. I stay open and I learn. Um, and the one thing, I can say one more thing. Don't come in there to be a star. That's not what it's about. Come in there to be with your fellow human beings. And another thing that I always say, if I may, because I've, I've had the honor and really the great joy of working and the blessing of working with so many different cultures and abilities and gender, everything, ages. And I always say, you know, even if it, English is not your first language, I, I say, you know, the first thing you are from the moment you take your first breath is you are a human being. And that's a great commonality we share. No matter your culture, your language, your ability, we're all human beings. And that gives us a great deal of common ground. Let's start from there. So we share that already just being in the room together. To be open and to be open-minded and not have the disability stop at you and to take a breath. What's one thing both of you hope for in the future for people with disabilities and theater? I'll start with you, Willow. Let's hope one thing I hope for people with disabilities in theater. I hope there's more accommodations. I hope something that I, that, you know, there is another group of, um, there is another group from Theatre Pitch that came on here a while ago, that came on 100.5. Um, and, you know, they touched on this, but there's not enough ramps. There's not enough accommodations for people that have disabilities. And I'd really, I'd ask for me, I'd like to, Maybe it's like how I'd like to see the world to have more accommodations to kind of accommodate people that have disabilities because I feel like that's more common than a lot of people think about the people with disabilities isn't this sort of minority, but it's kind of not, I would say, maybe not a majority, but it feels like somewhat, feels like a lot of people struggle with different mental health things or different neurodiverse things. You know, not everyone's minds works the best. And also the fact that it is a very much, the world, it is designed, well, not designed. There isn't enough accommodations, especially when it comes to stage, especially when it comes to raps, especially when it comes to all of that. And I would, love if there is more accommodations and I would love for actors and actors that have disabilities to kind of be immersed and continue to share each other's stories and continue to tell stories with each other. Susanna? Wow um, I think the best way for me to answer that question is to tell a story I I, I had like I have a lot of stories and so I, I'll I'll say it's about being with. And there was a story years ago, we did have auditions for a production. We formed a circle that we always do. We make it, you know, very, very sacred in a way. We formed a circle and then we, um, we did crossings. And what that is, and we had a lot of, about 30 people in this large space, professional actors, they were all at one end. And then there was a lot of, you know, people of all abilities on the other. And the prof I remember the professional actors, they thought, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll make eye contact with someone with a disability. And then what you do is you meet in the center and you just let happen what needs to happen. 
and they thought, oh, this will look good for the director, they thought, and they would meet, they would pick someone and they would meet in the middle and then they would proceed to tell that person with perhaps a disability what they should do. I was like, <sighs> and what I loved is there was one actress, I, I don't, I don't want to say their names because they still are around, but there was one professional actress, she, she looked at someone, a young gentleman with Down syndrome, and they met in the middle of that circle and they just stared at each other and stared at each other. And then finally she said, I don't know what to do. And he said, I don't know what to do either. That's being with. And that's, that's what I think needs to happen in theater. Again, we come from that place of equality and equity. Mm -hmm. We meet. And we share, you know, we wait. That waiting was probably only 30 seconds, but the honor of just waiting and then just saying, I don't know what to do. And they shared that. Neither of them knew what to do. And then the conversation became so real. So I just say really what theater needs in, in general, don't have auditions the way they have them. When, you know, you read this long thing. No, 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 no. Can people come together and be with? in an equitable, equal, respected space together. That's what I wish for. And then the sharing and creation can start. To have accessibility, more ramps, more accessible environment to come and share and have equity and being on the same playing field. Those are two essential things in this world. Um, I would also like to add, you know, just listening to each other, just kind of, you know, what Susanna said, be with, but also listen. Because people that have, people that are neurodiverse, you know, as you know, Allison, um, it's not just about the physical disabilities, it's also about people that are neurodiverse, you know, they have, maybe they have a bit more of stress, they have a bit less stress tolerance than a neurotypical does and they have they can be easily stressed out they can deal with a lot of anxiety or they can deal with different things and you know it would I would love if they if like in the future and us as a society there could be like more accommodations for people that have a bit more anxiety things a bit more kind of whose brains don't work the way a neurotypical does because my brain is like that where it doesn't work the way a neurotypical does and for it to be kind of okay that your brain doesn't work like someone else who doesn't who isn't neurodiverse can I just say one more thing because you're just cueing me off you know what we do sometimes and Willow might know this we'll we'll just have what is a verbal contract and we'll go around the circle and each person says who they are and then tells tells everyone that's there this is what I need and then we we think we always say thank you we're we're a lot of thank you people because that's <laughs> honoring are. what's being given right thank you right but no for everyone to have the opportunity to be heard for what it is that i need in this space and it makes it um yeah you know just first of all so that everyone else is aware oh okay this is what this is what this person needs thank you for sharing that and i'll you know we'll do our best to to support that so it's just, um, again, that's being truthful, right? Being truthful, what it is that I need. Like Willow was just truthful now about what it is she needs, right? For to be in that space. So a verbal contract's a great thing. I was just listening to someone else this past week about that and sharing that idea of what people need. It makes everything more of a, an even playing field. How can the listener find Theater Terrific? Susanna? Well, uh, you go to the website, just Google Theater Terrific. Go to the website. There's all the contact information. There's the classes. There's auditions. There's uh, past performances. Um, if you want to contact, please do. Um, so actually, probably the website's the best. So it's www.theaterterrific.com. 
theatertrific.ca. So, yeah, or just Google Theatertrific and it'll come up right away. Thank you both so much for being on my show. Don't go anywhere because there will be more about theater on The Self-Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Allison Klein. Vancouver Co-op Radio 100.5 FM is political. Co-op Radio is poetry. Co-op Radio is tango. Co-op Radio is gay. Ecology. Comedy. Feminism. Philosophy. Yoga. Reggae. Bicycles. Trade unions. Gospel. Live. Local. Asian. African. Vancouver Co-op Radio is community. Your community. Vancouver Co-op Radio. CFRO. 100.5 FM. All different. All the time. You're listening to CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM and The Self-Advocate with your host, Allison Klein. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Mira. This is the episode all about theater because there are now in-person events. The third in-person event, which happened this past weekend, is the cabaret for the Access Festival at the Gathering Place downtown, which I attended. And I thought, why not talk to the people who actually attended the event and the cabaret? So I'm going to be talking with Vicky, who is a board member at the Gathering Place, about the Access Festival and the Access Cabaret really big event, and they had a parade on Saturday. Thank you so much, Vicky, for being on my show. I actually get to see you face-to-face for this interview. Thank you very much. I'm really looking forward to this. First off, why is the Access Festival and the Cabaret so important? To bring more awareness for the disabled, and because the lower lower area of this South Granville area now, it's up to 30% of seniors being dis- seniors being homeless, let alone the disabled being, being homeless. Now, this Access Ability Festival is really important because it, bring, it shows people in chairs are just as equal as an able body. That is so true. They are just as equal as tabs, temporarily able-bodied, and eventually we will all be disabled. Somehow or another, we're all disabled, whether we got one blue eye, one green eye, or whether we're short or whether we're fat. We are all disabled in some form or another. That is so true. That is so true. And we just had the parade on Saturday. Yes. And to show that people who are disabled are just as equal. Yes. For someone who wants to become an advocate and who is disabled or wants to get in touch or wants to participate in the Access Festival hopefully next year, what's one piece of of advice you would give to them? Just to have a lot of fun. That's so important to just get out and be in the area and raise awareness for the disabled. To get out, have fun, and raise that awareness for the disabled. What's one thing you hope in the future for the disability community? To be in the regular flow of everybody. And when I'm saying the regular flow of everybody, whether it's a job or whether it's volunteering or whether it's just helping a friend, maybe taking a friend out for coffee. That is more important because that's a a hidden disability with people that have mental disabilities, sight disability. They are the ones that are just as important as a physical disability. 
that people with mental and physical disabilities to be integrated and included in society. Yes, very much, and that's so important just to be in, and a person that can go with the flow and enjoy life. To enjoy life. Yes, life is so short, but so sweet if you can look at it sweet. That is so true. Thank you so much, Vicki, for being on my show. You just listened to the theater episode on The Self-Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Allison Klein. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Mira. You can find this show again if you missed any part of it or want to listen to it again on anchor.fm or wherever you find your podcasts. To end out this show, let's play our theme song, Better Miracle by Kiprios. Kiprios is a Vancouver-based rapper. Even though he doesn't have a disability, the song Better Miracle talks about having a better tomorrow, but not a miracle. Enjoy more programming, everyone. My window, the sun came through today. Was a day I thought I'd look to my window, felt the pain that I knew. The sun heard about it when he came to, came through. Good looking out, I needed you today. Was a day that didn't need rain. My window looked to me to make a change. The sun rising to the occasion, came through. Good looking out, I needed you. Oh, oh. myself I'm gonna be okay remember back then I've come a long way the dream may never ever be the same but came true get it with you and that'll do I know the road I'm on is not an easy way remember that I will define the path I take the dream yeah I'm a dreamer what can I say came true get it with you and that'll do I feel it's in my fingers I know it's in my soul now don't need I don't need a miracle just want to get a bit better I feel it's in my fingers, I know it's in my soul now, don't need, I don't need a miracle, just want to get a little better, oh, oh. I'm not asking for a miracle, oh, oh. just want to get a little bit better, oh, oh. Just one.